Debout les données de la terre, debout les forces de la faim. La raison tonne en son cratère, c'est l'éruption de la faim. Du passé, faisons table rase, fou l'esclave debout, debout. Le monde va changer de base, nous ne sommes rien, soyons tous. Pas de sauveur suprême, ni Dieu, ni César, ni Trébin. Producteur, sauvons-nous nous-mêmes, décrétons le salut commun. Pour que le voleur en de gorge, pour tirer l'esprit du cachot. Soufflons nous-mêmes notre forge, battons le fer quand il est chaud. I've just been today keeping abreast of some of the. Uh, I've just been keeping abreast, clutched Her to my, my side. Exactly. I've been keeping abreast of developments in the French parliamentary elections, which have been, you know, mixed. It's not been all positive, but there's been some major developments um the 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 bad side is that macron's fucking scab candidate became prime minister <laughs> however uh macron and his uh what are they called like uh france le uh, melts <laughs> Le France, like some <laughs> fucking. I've com- I would have known that a couple of years ago, but I have completely forgotten. Um, some shit anyway. Like Macron's little fucking uh, scam party, whatever his his uh, shell company, fucking tax avoidance scheme, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. They uh, they lost their majority in the French Parliament. Uh, so yeah, sadly, Jean Luc Mélenchon was not elected the Prime Minister of France, but. Uh, the socialist alliance that he's now heading up, comprising both his own movement, uh, was it like La France Insurmontable or something like some 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 stuff about like how like badass it is to be French, whatever. Um, <laughs> like they um, they have got a lot of seats essentially <laughs> like turned out unity amongst the radical left worked and like they brought together all these forces uh from across the left uh, i don't know to what extent the haggard old remains of uh, the socialist party were part of this but they brought them together and got unprecedented results um unfortunately uh le pen um Won quite a few seats as well. The the Front National, they their total of seats right. went went up quite considerably. Uh, but that certainly gives a lie to, for example, the knee jerk thing that my dad said uh, when I mentioned the result to him. Uh, regarding which, by the way, he referred to Jean Luc Mélenchon as uh, John Mellencamp, <laughs> <laughs> Jean Kuka Mellencamp. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, he he was just like oh yeah I bet all the all the fascists voted for the far left or something I was just like well no <laughs> actually no because the fascists won a lot of seats too so <laughs> you know there's plenty of people both voting for both um much to the chagrin yeah. of of uh, the baldest man alive Andrew Adonis who tweeted something like uh sh- you know worrying uh, strong results for the far left and far right uh, I really hope that fucked up his father's day uh you know. <laughs> It's quite it's funny actually. I just had a pop at my dad for politics on Father's Day. Like, yeah, happy Father's Day, you old prick. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they're gonna just be complaining about the continuing polarization of politics. Ah, why does nobody want to be a centrist? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, come on. Just because you're not a fascist, you don't want to be an anti-fascist, right? You know, they're reigning terror on the American streets and all that. 
<laughs> rioting exactly so i've heard Disgusting. yeah well uh yeah so some mixed news uh from uh france but um yeah i i'm a fluent french speaker obviously uh, <laughs> of course, but yeah. Uh, anything else been happening? I've you... heard your Macron impersonation. Uh, yeah, the, the, not be the doctrine, the liberal racism. I just I on, I went on Twitter and just added Macron with like a crude drawing of someone <laughs> giving the middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Um. Yeah, sounds like yeah, it's going on in France. Yeah, definitely uh, some interesting movements, mate. Like, Mélenchon has certainly shown himself to be more than a kind of flash-in-the-pan left-wing leader. So, yeah, fuck it. He should have, like, a third, fourth, like, sixth presidential run or whatever it is. Because, like, he was running for president, like, ages before, like, he started actually getting <laughs> good results. Like, oh, <laughs> he just, like, persevered at it for a long time. Is, um, he, uh, is he anti-NATO? Oh, yeah. Good, good. <laughs> you so better believe. Leftist. You better believe he's anti-NATO <laughs> and uh, the EU as well, I think. Uh, well, I think he's, more, he's maybe a bit kind of... Probably a bit more anti-EU than Corbyn, but I don't think he's like, yeah, we got to pull France out now or whatever. Um, right, right. But yeah, yeah, he's not a fan of those kind of, you know, faceless institutions that help capital uh, run run an inc- increasingly uh, borderless in a bad way kind of world. <laughs> nice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, I love free... Borderless in a bad way. I love free movement. <laughs> oh, what of people? What? what? Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, like Mel and Sean definitely, uh, definitely want to watch. Uh, I could see big things from this young man. Of course, as with all uh, notable left wing leaders, he is in his seventies. <laughs> just, uh, just, the way, just the way it is. Look, I, I would support a younger person if they had the, uh, the, the integrity and the fortitude uh, of a Corbyn, a Mel and Sean, a Sanders. Um, Yes, yeah, so all those left wing oldies like Biden. <laughs> yeah, Biden. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump, the Maoist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Donald Trump, the, the most uh, anti uh, free trade um, and thus left wing leader. <laughs> the most anti deep state, anti pedophile president. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, but yes, uh, oh. Something that we didn't get the chance to talk about on mic, but we we discussed in private. Do you like Bush Killer? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, sick track. Yeah, that's by a rapper called Paris from who was active in the early nineteen nineties. Like uh, Ice T, I believe that he was uh, signed to Interscope or one of Interscope's subsidiaries, and uh, that. Is a subsidiary of, I think, Warner. Music One of the company. three companies that run the music industry. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to make that joke about the control in the media. Insert, <laughs> insert Van Morrison clip. That's all that needs to be said. Uh, but, yeah, so it was like a subsidiary of one of those uh, com- com- companies, as as are we all. And, uh, <laughs> like, um, it, it basically, uh, like, got Paris dropped from a label. This album, which also, which also featured, in the words of its Wikipedia page, a cop-killing screed, um, nice. had to be released uh, independently, ultimately. And, um, yeah, of course, this was in the aftermath of the uh, moral panic over Ice-T's non-rap song, uh, Cop Killer, and what it said about rap music. Um, This is a a rock song by um, Ice-T's self-described thrash metal group, Body Count. Um, who I mean to me the song kind of just sounded like the Stooges or whatever it didn't really sound like what I know as thrash metal it sounded more like punk rock but it's it's just it's a rock song about like killing cops um, sure 
And Paris obviously, like, showing solidarity with Ice-T, he was like, well, not only am I going to up the ante uh, and talk about killing then-president George Bush Sr., but furthermore, I am going to also make an actual rap song about killing cops and put that on my album. And the major label, oh, it had to, uh, they had to cop quite a lot of shit over the Ice-T record. So uh, for this guy that, like... You know, people probably don't know who Paris is right right now at this this moment in time. I don't think he was yeah. that big then either, to be honest. <laughs> um, but it's a dope song, isn't it? I, it goes really hard. Uh, it's really cool, yeah. You know, there's this like, idea... Just musically quite sophisticated as well, not just based. Yeah, it's totally like there, there's this idea now that like old rap is just kind of like boom 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 and 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 actually like if you go back to like the early 90s there's crazy stuff happening you know uh you know even right back to the beginning of hip-hop but like by the early 90s i mean the shit that people are doing now like working on a lot of live instrumentation constantly changing the beats and stuff that was starting to happen you know um becoming Mm. hip-hop becoming more musical in a traditional sense and yeah that's evident all over this track which has like three beat switches and uh fucking paris rise all of them um and yeah the ia stuck uh the audio of uh i don't think there's a video so i don't know what i'm saying that he stuck bush killer at the end of the last episode so anyone uh, listening to that will have got a pleasant surprise like oh some guys (laughs) talking about killing george hw bush yep dope (laughs) And that's that's the episode that opens with the incredibly lame music from oh, uh, you yeah. know that reference to um, the other guys. Here, there goes my. Hero. Oh, that one. There go. Yeah, I was like, oh, is this a tribute to the late Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins from Yair? That's a very nice touch. I was like, no, no, hang on, no, he's making fun of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely my favorite scene from that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a great scene. Uh, it's where they jump off the building, right? <laughs> yeah, but great film. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to aim come. for the bushes. <laughs> well, that's, I guess it's also that's a kind of what Paris was yeah, saying as well. Aim, aim for the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even notice that wonderful bookend feeling. I totally... He should have come back in the early 2000s with, like, a fiery war on terror era, Mm -hmm. like, indictment of America's social ills and, uh, you know, made this shit go generational. Yeah. We needed him, man. Yeah. Uh... Oh, no, I was going to like lie and say I've been getting into this rapper called Young Moose, but actually I haven't listened to any of his music. <laughs> I, I just like, <laughs> I watched uh, the new David Simon series, uh, We Own This City, which is like, uh, you know, he did The Wire. And so it's another like gritty Baltimore drama, much more factual than The Wire, though. This is based on like some like true facts about this crazy police corruption scandal. Like, absurdly corrupt police like brutality racism all that's going on as well but just like man the corruption is is crazy um yeah <laughs> like uh and there's this rapper in in it who plays himself called young moose and there's like this one cop called like i think daniel herzl who is the model problem cop for uh baltimore like if, if you went if you asked someone in the know like who's a cop who is uh like just the you know just a constant like pain in the ass uh they would say daniel herzl because he just like so many complaints about 50 complaints about him i think um built up (laughs) over a period of time and part of it was that he was just like harassing this rapper called young moose (laughs) like this guy (laughs) like there's not many famous rappers from baltimore like it's not historically had like a very uh, thriving rap scene and this guy young moose was kind of blowing up like um he was getting a degree of success and was certainly locally known and this guy Herzl just like developed a fucking vendetta against him just he would always try and like just be at his shows or send other cops to 
uh, break up his shows, just arrest him for no reason. Uh, and it's kind of, this is like a guy who's trying to do something legitimate, you know? Like, right, right. The, the Baltimore, just a city ravaged by the war on drugs, which is particularly uh, just uh, ripped through its black working class. Uh, and then, you know, they actually got a local boy done good. And uh, this this fucking psychopathic cop fuck just uh, cannot let uh, the the natural order of things, which is that like young black men like this have to stay in a certain place, uh, go subverted. Yeah. So uh, yeah, exactly incredible stuff. And I listened to Young Moose talk about this on a podcast as well, and. Yeah, it's like it's amazing, and like hip hop is definitely still. I got to be honest, like shit like Bushkiller is much more like musically my kind of thing than a lot of hip hop being made now. Like some of it, kind of, you know, you take your eye off hip hop for like two days, and it's changed like dramatically. It's such a fast moving, <laughs> like youth oriented thing. Like you know, I'm I'm almost twenty eight now. Like I'm like, I'm I'm an old man in hip hop terms. Like, <laughs> but um. But it's still, whatever the case, it is the most anti-establishment, the most subversive music, like, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. If you think, 100%. If you think about that, like, guys like Young Moose, uh, a personal affront to these cops who are, like, little microcosmic representations of the establishment in all its hateful <laughs> resplendency. Um, and then you... Um, you look at the drill scene as well in Chicago and in London I know more about like I don't I'm not like an expert but I'm British and so I've seen more stories about uh drill in yeah. in London uh you know a point to be made is like if all these rappers were really like doing like mad crimes and killing loads of people like london would be a bloodbath <laughs> it would be like as bad as like the daily mail says it is and like the knife crime and, and, and all that and, and and like you know these so there's obviously like an element of just these people are artists and they should be allowed to like spin their own fiction but on the other hand they must be seeing some violence in the streets and they can't be perpetuating it all themselves they must be seeing something that makes them want to express something that is based in reality for them and that is again not something that you can blame the artists for um so i think it's super yeah. messed up that like you have these fucking philistine judges who say uh oh you can't perform music unless like the police are there like you know in, in keeping an eye on you like that's the most right. fucked up thing like <laughs> performing music you know it's like breathing if, if you're a musician <laughs> yeah well yeah. You, you know that western love of uh freedom of speech only goes so far yeah like gr uh, drill rappers have like certain drill rappers have to run their lyrics past the police it's like Catherine Bigelow and Mark Boll with the script for Zero Dark Thirty, except they they voluntarily did it. They they didn't have a judge yeah. saying that this had to be the case. Um, so yeah, a bit of rap exactly. chat. Yeah, bit of rap chat just to get things started. That's uh, yeah, my first stuff. item for today. Well, second item, I guess, because we had the the France stuff. Well, both important subjects. Yeah, 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 definitely <laughs> diverse subjects. We talk about it all here. Yeah, some good French rap. Again, as long as it's kind of political. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, we don't really kind of have that. We can talk. We sometimes talk about non-political stuff, too. <laughs> it's been known to happen. The media had become part of the Bush administration. Of course, national polls do show this that America is now We love it here. We love what's happening. We're preliminarily that the first Yay, drug America, we can do it. This was tremendous. Baghdad split up like a right It is a kind of euphoria. We began to feel as if we were living under martial law. It is a big idea. A new world order. A new world order. A new world order. I understand that time is running out. Ooh, hey, 
look, it's the president. Hey, Mr. President. There we go. Easy. Easy. Don't lose sight. Ready? Two, three, and now. But I know you've got quite political stuff to talk about today. Oh man, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you well you should do something. You should uh, and then we'll break it up maybe in a bit and I'll so I'll do another bit on some stuff I've yeah. been looking into. Uh but you should tell me about some of the stuff you've been watching because yeah, folks, like I fucking don't update my letterbox to count anymore. I haven't done it in months and I cannot tell you what i've watched offhand <laughs> i have to check things i have to look at my torrent history or go my netflix viewing history or whatever and you know that stuff is is long so yair uh knows what he's seen <laughs> although he, yeah. yeah also he doesn't know where to start so well i uh, i've just been continuing my uh radicalization <laughs> uh learning more about theory and about different socialist countries yeah and it's led me in some like natural france, directions france's socialist <laughs> ukraine <laughs> the most socialist yeah. oh, P- putin you know oh well, well yeah well, he's a full-on communist you know he's like the, the old school <laughs> soviet union yeah, um, <laughs> I hear he wants to restart the USSR. So, so from reliable sources. Such he, as literally, the Guardian he literally said NYT. today, "They say that this is uh, Stalinist Russia. This is historic Russia." <laughs> it's like, you, how much more open could he be about like being a fucking czarist? You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. If he wants to do anything, it's a Russian Empire for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. But but yeah Terrible. yeah so you've been like branching out and looking into uh, like news media from other countries and I, I I from well from socialist countries from actually existing socialist uh, nations around the world but now yeah. now you've you've clearly felt an, an, that's not enough I need to get my entertainments <laughs> from these countries too exactly <laughs> well yeah. Um, it's like the opposite I, direction I, to where I've gone. Where I'm just like, what's the most right wing <laughs> thing entertainment <laughs> that I can watch while still being a socialist? <laughs> like Marky Mark, <laughs> Mel Gibson. I'll watch them all. Like you know, car- sorry, carry on. Tell us about the real. Well, that's shit. a useful direction too. You gotta know your enemies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what my close but, personal um, friends? <clears throat> you mean Marky Mark? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Boston, I'm Boston, <laughs> Boston Strong, Boston Strong, Boston Strong. Yeah. But I've, uh, I think I've mentioned before on the podcast how I, I've started watching CGTV to get my news. China you know, state affiliated global. media. Hell yeah! Um, that, I didn't just, mean to you know, say that. This for Twitter algorithm. I'm so immersed <laughs> in Twitter, it forces me to say China state affiliated media whenever anyone talks about China state affiliated media. I'm pretty sure it's the law now. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the but, Twitter uh, law—that's the only law I recognize. Going beyond that, I mean, you actually sent me an article f- a few months ago, really interesting about that British guy who's in lots of Chinese films. Did I? Oh, I—I can't. I, 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 I yeah. vaguely remember reading that, and I probably did think Yaya will be interested in this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't remember the name of the actor, but yeah, he's in a lot of Chinese movies. Kevin Lee. Always playing the villain. Yeah, like evil, evil British Anglo. man. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, yeah, that inspired me to check out all of the films that were mentioned uh, in oh, that article. Wow. Yeah, because, uh, you know, we were saying last time that baldness is inherently evil. Like, you shave Brian Cranston's head and he's the devil. <laughs> uh, but being British is kind of like that as well. It does just, uh, you know, there's obviously certain historical connotations to the British's role in the world and, uh, and, and, and connotations of being evil, <laughs> essentially. I mean, particularly in China, what with like the opium wars and uh, Hong Kong and everything. Yeah. Um, So let's see. I I too need to remind myself what the actual names of some of these movies are. (laughs) 
What's the franchise one? Like Wolf something, Wolf Mother, Wolf Parade. Oh, Wolf Warrior. <laughs> yes, there's, there's Wolf Warrior and Wolf Warrior Two were two of the films that I watched. Church. Uh, incredible stuff. Like it was basically Chinese Rambo. Nice. Really good. That sounds great. Um, they. They're fairly recent films. I think 2014, 2015. Uh, yeah, the second one's from 2017. First one's from 2015. So, like, they, they, they look like modern movies, big budget, all the stuff that you would want from any Hollywood film, except that the, the bad guys in the first one are this group of white mercenaries that were hired by some, like, Chinese mafioso guy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've got to say, some Hollywood films also have British villains. That's something oh, that yeah. America and China have in common. <laughs> <laughs> More in common than they'd like to admit. No. Yeah, I uh, mean, America kind of patched it up, like they made with Britain. They made them their running dog eventually. Uh, you know. Oh yeah, but it doesn't stop us from casting you guys as villains all the time. No, well. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you've got an accent, then you must be evil—a non-American accent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, and then there's. Uh, but I was yeah. going to say, there's there's no reason uh, that the Chinese can't do like epic, big budget films that are just as kind of slick as Hollywood shit. Now you know they've got enough money. <laughs> Oh yeah, totally, and it it shows. Uh, yeah, the most recent Chinese film I watched was the Battle at Lake Shangjin from twenty twenty one. I've heard yeah, of that. Very recent, yeah. Bit, again, huge budget. Like it looks like any modern Hollywood war film. You know, explosions and all, all kinds of crazy action. There's like this insane uh, tank battle in it. It's mm really off the wall stuff it's it's set during the korean war though and it's about it follows this uh the 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 chinese uh the, the what do they call it the people's volunteer army uh as they go to help their korean comrades uh ward off the u.s imperialists um and yeah Church. <laughs> it's, the thing i found so funny <laughs> almost every scene because they kind of they do almost like a Pearl Harbor esque thing where they you have scenes with the American like leadership like making their evil plans and stuff, mm. uh, and uh, almost every time they mention Thanksgiving, <laughs> we're going to be home by Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. What do you do for Thanksgiving? Oh, every fucking time is so funny. Like this is what Chinese think of America, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. That is not unfair. We will take Seoul back and make Korea whole. And I guarantee you, this will be a fast war. God willing, it will be over by Thanksgiving. I reckon we'll have this wrapped up well before Thanksgiving. General, you read my mind. So much for Donald Duck in his home by Thanksgiving. As soon as this Christmas wish list instead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's something we don't really have in 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 uh, uncivilized countries like China or Britain. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the Korean War was all about bringing Thanksgiving to the Korean people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, this other country was founded. <laughs> We want your whitewashed history of Native Americans, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What has uh, this got to do with us? Shut up, shut up. <laughs> shut up and pray <laughs> to the turkey or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and all of these are part of the genre apparently known as main melody in China. Uh, all right. What's what's that defined by? What What's that? All, what the name? What? <laughs> well, yeah, they're films and TV shows that uh, coincide with the guiding ideology of the Chinese government and the the CPC. Um, so there, in the article that you sent me, which I think was a Guardian piece or something like that. Yeah, something, I think it was Guardian rag. Yeah, uh, and, <laughs> yeah, vile rag. Yeah. <laughs> so of course they naturally just describe it as you know Chinese propaganda films, uh, which I mean. <laughs> Yeah, they 
our propaganda, <laughs> but like, I mean... Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Are you confident about this operation, General? Have you underestimated Kim Il-sung? He has Stalin and Mao behind him. I never underestimate my foes. I have my track record. A stellar 1st Marine Division. And the best damn generals and soldiers on the face of God's green earth. I believe we will succeed! All art is propaganda. Yeah. I mean, find me an American movie that is not propaganda. They all, they all uh, have you heard of Top Gun 2? <laughs> <laughs> no, Least yeah. propagandistic film of all time. I mean, yes. I think people enjoy that because they know it's propaganda and they are just like, okay, just show me some planes going about and some... Some guys with tight pants, whatever. I've heard it's not very homoerotic, actually, but there's, you know, plenty of planes. <laughs> Take me to the danger zone. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. well, that song's in it. Uh, it's gotta be, right? Planes I are, haven't seen it. But... Planes are a bit phallic. They can get a bit, maybe get a bit of that homoerotic energy in there. I haven't actually seen the first Top Gun, to be honest, speaking of propaganda. Um, but, yeah. yeah me I, neither. Yeah, when you got movies <laughs> with Tom Cruise in them, when you got movies like Tom Cruise in them, sorry, you can't go wrong. <laughs> you can't lose. That's Precisely. I fucked that. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh fuck! I fucked that up so bad. Sorry, Tim Heidecker. When you got movies like Tom Cruise in them, you can't lose. <laughs> so yeah, so keep on telling <laughs> us man. about the illustrious cinemas of of our uh, our Asian friends then. Yeah. So that naturally the battle at lake changjin being set in korea and about the korean war i got super curious about the state of north korea's cinema uh not something that you you really do not hear a lot about in the west mm. or probably anywhere really outside of maybe china and korea but I have watched a bunch of DPRK films. Let's see. I started oh. with. Well, this is the real deep stuff, like <laughs> the, the dark. Deep cuts. The, yeah, like the dark web of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and, and like you, if you read anything written in the West about DPRK cinema, they just really cannot get over like the state control aspect, the the, the mm. like uh, the message aspect. Like the one common trait in DPRK cinema is that yeah, they're pretty much all message movies. There is no such thing as just a dumb popcorn movie mm. from DPRK. They all very much have a something that they're trying to get across to you. <laughs> uh, and I mean, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't know. It. it uh. It could get a little didactic at times, but I don't think it's a bad thing in and of itself. Um, it, it follows sort of Lenin's thinking about cinema, that it, it should have a social construction. Uh, and, and Kim Jong-il was, was a big believer in, in that. He even wrote a whole book on the art of cinema. He wrote a whole bunch of books about on various arts, including like on the art of opera, on the art of literature, uh, all kinds of stuff. It's uh, pretty out there. Far out, yeah. But, uh, the, the, the first film I watched was The Flower Girl, which is kind of known in film study circles. Like if, it, if you know any kind of like artsy DPRK film, it's probably going to be The Flower Girl. Uh, which is from 1972, uh, and it's about a girl who sells flowers, as the name implies. <laughs> but, well, it's set during the Japanese occupation, during, I believe, the early 30s, uh, and she's try she sells flowers to try to get medicine for her sick mother. Her brother was arrested years ago uh, because... There was an incident with their landlord where uh, the, the, the the landlord accidentally uh, blinded the younger sis the youngest sister in the family right. uh, with boiling water, and then the this, and then the brother goes and like attacks uh, their landlord, and yeah, he gets arrested for it. 
the landlord, of course, gets no punishment. Um, and uh, things just kind of go from bad to worse. Like the <laughs> landlord keeps talking about selling off the flower girl uh, to uh, a, 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 a brothel uh, to oh, no. make back the money that their family owes to them. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, I think I said... <laughs> No, I might not have said. I might have said this to M, not you. Uh, <clears throat> more films should end with the entire village picking up literal pitchforks and torches and murdering the landlords. <laughs> they really should. It was a beautiful ending. How graphic does it movie. get? Do they have like the um, jab in the pitchfork in, and there's blood and. There's not a lot of blood. Uh, I don't think the special effects budget was super high, but you definitely yeah. see the stabbing. They don't um, have quite the money that China does. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, that's another common theme is like, uh, yeah, DPRK movies are not big budget at all. What's, what's the quality <laughs> like? You get any Blu-ray rips? <laughs> uh well the most modern movie i watched was called the story of our home which was from 2016 okay and like it it looked not too bad visually um it, it, like roughly on par with like a, a low moderate budget western film from 2016 you know like decent camera uh mm. g- nice cinematography and everything um it felt like a modern movie in a lot of ways and that was that was a very uh kitchen sink drama type movie where uh th- there's these orphaned children uh and, and the youngest daughter is in like high school and she's looking after her siblings and she doesn't want to accept help from anybody else all these people keep trying to offer to help because she's only a kid and she's looking after this family and it's you know obviously a lot of hard work and um it's it, it, it has a really beautiful message of like uh, learning to rely on the community and uh, accept help when help is needed uh, <clears throat> i really enjoyed that one i um it it felt like a contemporary like art house movie a, a little a little like messagey at times a little overt about that but like not as crazy as some of the older films in that respect um worth checking out i should point out all of these movies are available on youtube with english subtitles oh and that's the only place i've been able to find them i couldn't get them on pirate bay or is there just like one account that uploads all of them just like some huge uh uh, dprk (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) yeah for sure for sure yeah i Um, I, because i mean like you know, half the fucking uh, left-wing old-school British TV documentaries on YouTube are like my friend Tom Blackburn. Or no, I think he just adds them to a big playlist, actually. I don't think he necessarily uploads all of them. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. There's a big, there's a couple of big playlists you can find if you just search DK, DPRK films on YouTube. Uh, <clears throat> oh, cool. And... Yeah, you might have noticed that there is a bit of a theme coming together with these two films. And out of the seven North Korean films that I've watched, every single one of them has had as a central character at least one like really strong, badass, proletarian woman or girl. Oh, cool. Like, it's the most feminist national cinema I have ever seen. I, Why like, do you think that is? It's, I, 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 based on my analysis of this and some Chinese cinema as well, I think a lot of it comes from the combination of socialism and having started out as very uh, underdeveloped nations that just, they could not afford to just have women at home doing dishes you know mm. they they needed to leverage 100 percent of their workforce in every way possible and so i think that has resulted in a society where like women are respected a lot more as breadwinners and as equal members of society 
That's really interesting. Not to suggest the housework isn't work, of course. It's the greatest unpaid labor pool in, in the world. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, but I get you. <clears throat> you don't get the same kind of respect from society, unfortunately, for that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like, yeah, a broad bellflower. <clears throat> a broad bellflower is another. Uh, this is this one's uh, kind of known as well outside of Korea. Uh, it, it, the, the main character is a man who leaves the village because he wants to go to the city where it's all nice and fancy and he doesn't want to be putting up electric poles in his little village uh, and cutting down trees and building houses. That's uh, So he learns from this woman who uh, it becomes the chairwoman of the village, actually, and she's just like, no, dude, you got to work for your community. You got to put in the effort to improve your community uh, or, or else you won't reap the benefits you know ah. um, just like all like that's why always messages and like all these uh just great proletarian female figures i, I, I love it um a really funny one there's a movie literally called a traffic controller on crossroads which is just <laughs> about the importance of not abusing your authority as a traffic controller well, that, but and is giving that the everyone name of the who film? deserves a ticket a ticket that is the name of the film that that fucking reminds me of a, sorry for a reference to a cancelled artist but like that reminds me of the, the, the sun kill moon song um this is my first day and i'm indian and i work at a gas station <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of korean films do have titles in that vein like um there's I don't know, or just like ones that translate kind of oddly there's the song of retrospection mm. which is about this uh this i think he's meant to be portuguese songwriter who is with the uh united nations forces during the korean war he's not a soldier but he's there to write a song about the great u.s victory in korea fighting against men with such strong will like this we were not ordained to win. Uh, and uh, he ends up being captured by DPRK, and he comes to realize that they're fighting a war of liberation, and he ends up writing a song about how... Well, actually, no, he doesn't write the song. This lady soldier who captured him sings a song, and he's like, that's an incredible song. That's going to be the song I'm <laughs> going to bring to the rest of the world. <laughs> Yeah, again, obviously, propaganda. Like, no doubt about it. Like, it, 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 these are movies that tell a story that the DPRK's government want people to hear, want people to think about. In your country, I had a great experience. Again, like, looking at these movies, is that even really a bad thing? Like you, you, you look at American propaganda with the Avengers and Marvel films in general, mm. you know, Star Wars. Mm. What what is the message? What is the propaganda message that they're conveying? You know, it's all about power, about strength, the militaristic strength, the power to conquer, uh, about billionaires being heroes. Uh, <laughs> about girl bosses and stuff like that, uh, exploiting. You are tough girl. 당신은 정말 Indeed. 무서운 여자입니다. We've grown. 우린 tough and terrible. 다 무서워졌습니다. You know what? Like, yeah. I saw, I was watching some shit on Amazon Prime the other day. I can't remember what it was. Um, but there was a trailer for it, which is, a, like, a, apparently they made a new version of, like, Cinderella or some shit. Like, something like that. Uh, and the, the, the actress, whoever plays... Um, cinderella in it she just she just showed up like in, in a little talking head thing like i think it's got a message about being yourself 
about <laughs> it just came up i'm just like who the oh, fuck God, the thinks... cult of the individual like well yeah exactly like i i like i hate interviews with actors as it is because they all just have to you know do the same thing like you have to have a lot of empathy you know, <laughs> you know it's, it's always like boring as fuck like unless they're a real like character like matthew mcconaughey if they're just actually insane then it's yeah. all good <laughs> um but like you know, uh, I was just like, you got to be yourself and don't let others tell you who you are or whatever, whatever this crap is. And I'm just like, yeah, great. Like, it, it, it's just literally like boilerplate, like feel good corporate claptrap. And that's got to be that's another pernicious form of propaganda, isn't it? It's not. Oh, it's yeah. not propaganda for the like American military state, but it's propaganda to keep everybody in a you know in a, in a docile enough position to uh take their eye exactly off how many films have been made about like oh anybody can succeed you just gotta try like, yeah kind of yeah, yeah. Never, completely. Ne- it, it's so it was like never let anybody hold back your dreams or whatever you follow your dreams mm-hmm. again just all this like true just well you know who's holding shit. back my dreams the goddamn capitalist system disney you know? yeah the disney corporation <laughs> uh, absolutely they're holding back our collective dreams that's how bad they are they are destroying the, the, the subconscious the imagination of 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 the of the coming generations by homogenizing culture the way they are what they're doing is unbelievably mm. pernicious just on like on that level beneath the surface like on the, a bit on the surface level well, yeah they're just a shitty corporation doing what shitty corporations do but that kind of like monoculture that is being created like it you know, in an age when things are ostensibly getting ever more atomized and there's something for everyone and you can pick, you know, there's 50,000 streaming services to choose from. At the end of the <laughs> day, uh, that doesn't stop, you know, the things that are original from getting cancelled immediately or things f- uh, cancelled in the television sense, not the current buzzwordy sense. You know, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. stop um you know interesting things falling to the wayside uh companies that try and do something different uh you know not being financially sustainable and shuttering up really quickly and what 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 do you know you're back in the same old position of like uh, the media um is owned by like a few companies yeah beautifully stated who, and... who, who, who do things in the same kind of way as well sorry that's it that's I, I, I love all the shocked pikachu faces when netflix is being like raising its prices like yeah they were never gonna just become the cable companies they replaced mm, uh, mm. inevitably uh, exactly but yeah that, that's it yeah you make a great point that propaganda doesn't have to be pro-state propaganda especially not capitalist propaganda like that can be very vague and uh or or, or just uh pro-individual pro-marketplace mm. of ideas it doesn't have to be all about the u.s military to be propaganda which i think like you were also saying about top gun too like people know that's propaganda because it's about the military some propaganda is very obvious yeah like, and I, I there think are people like... who will insist that marvel is not propaganda because it's not always nakedly pro-military yeah you know? totally um, so i think something like zero dark 30 uh, is more pernicious than something like top gun or top gun 2 because it it, it hides what is very very reactionary propaganda uh, beneath a kind of you know beneath a veneer of like quality cinema mm. actual like good art and and right. of uh you know compassionate liberal politics uh it so it whitewashes you know a republican administration's uh um torture policies no use dressing yeah. it up just their torture policies uh for um an audience that might be more democrat inclined you know, with people around and the of world. Course, uh, unlike well. Top Gun, it's, uh, you know, it purports to be a true story, doesn't it? So yeah. that's uh, a propaganda element as well, <laughs> uh, in a way. Yeah, I mean, if, any, yeah. if anything, Tom Cruise, it's more like, it's more that he, you know, 
he's a walking bit of propaganda for Scientology. Like, you know, your your <laughs> life could be fucking awesome if you join Scientology. It could be just like the life of this lonely uh, 50 oh, to 60-year-old man who tries to kill himself uh, with stunt, doing crazy <laughs> stunts in every film he makes. <laughs> yeah, Scientology, that's the perfect religion for capitalism, isn't it? One where you just nakedly buy your way up the ranks. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just, you just um, blackmail a few gay celebrities and you got it all like made for you it's, yeah it's a, a cheat don't code. pay taxes yeah know. exactly just a cheat though <laughs> for society uh scientology is for the weak please don't stand outside my house uh, now i've said that scientologists <laughs> we love scientology scientology is dope i haven't got any scientology ads on twitter for ages I, that that sucks i was finding it hilarious when they kept showing up um still i still get a few israel ones <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well uh but my point earlier before i got distracted there was um mm. that it, even if we assume that say chinese and uh, uh particularly dprk cinema it's just propaganda it's there's little if any truth in it even if that's the case mm. then we still have to consider that the messages that they want to send are just so much more positive <laughs> than the messages that American propaganda is giving. You know, we're getting stories about how important community is, how important it is to both help your community, to rely on your community. Corruption is bad. Uh, you know, uh, gangsterism is bad. Uh, 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 capitalism is fucking bad well imagine getting a know. film that how corruption and gangsterism is bad with uh, that doesn't vilify trade unions yeah exactly. like, i'm sorry i don't or actually know what the trade union something. situation is in those countries <laughs> like we don't need them the, the party has it covered or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well uh i know i know a bit about the chinese situation where uh basically they the cpc does have oversight uh, on the formation uh, and uh, such of trade unions within China. But that's, you know, in order to prevent the development of counter-revolutionary uh, or backwards labor unions, like, say, the U.S. police unions, you know, like, they don't, nobody needs labor unions like those. <laughs> oh, well, not the, yeah, um, well, not those. I mean, the, <laughs> that's kind of the worst possible union, though, like the police union. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the, co contrary to the common uh, social democratic mythos, the labor unions are not, like, banned in China or anything like that. Okay. I didn't um, know. I was merely expressing <laughs> ignorance rather than... Uh, oh, no, no. I, a, I'm sure. A knee-jerk yeah. judgment against our, our Chinese comrades. On, exactly yeah. on the uh chinese cinema front i was going to ask you if you've heard of any of these three films that i'm going to name firstly the flowers of war from 2011 have you heard of this no uh well let's move on to the next one the great wall from uh 2016 no finally outcast from 2014 uh, I don't think so. No, it's not a uh, not an attempt to bring the fire bars of Andre three thousand and Big Boy to uh, <laughs> <laughs> not not an attempt to bring Atlanta to Beijing. Uh, no. Uh, so let's go in reverse order now on those those three films. So Outcast uh, is a, is a twenty fourteen American Chinese Canadian action film um, starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> okay uh the film was slated for release in september the 26th 2014 in china but was then postponed till april the following year the film received negative reviews from critics uh so i just look through <laughs> okay so uh some of the negative reviews focus on uh nicholas cage's peculiar near british accent um, uh, suggesting he had entered a genu genuinely befuddling and perhaps sad phase in his career. Um, uh, someone else compares uh, Nicolas Cage's look in this film to Gene Simmons of Kiss. Um, 
But it doesn't say anything about this being a uh, propaganda movie. Uh, I don't know if Cage is the bad. Oh, Cage is. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Cage is like the second build after Hayden Christensen, mm. made-up person. Um, <laughs> but that that one it doesn't sound too uh, propagandistic to me. And it's an it's an American and Canadian co-production in addition to yeah. that Chinese money. I was going to say if it's got Western money in it, it's probably one of those because China is also making stuff for the Western market. Well, let me see if I can find anything about why that film was uh, pulled from Chinese cinemas. Because uh, it had Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> uh, Nicolas Cage movie Outcast pulled from theatres in China. Um, <coughs> Nicolas Cage is officially an outcast in China. Great, great wordplay, Los Angeles Times. Nicolas Cage's <laughs> new latest movie, Outcast, about the exploits of two crusaders in China during the 12th century, has been suddenly pulled from theatres in China, underscoring how unpredictable the country can be for filmmakers eager to exploit the world's second largest film market. That's a bullshit frame, and I was like, yeah, we don't really know what happened. Uh, we don't know the facts yet. Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, it's, if you say it got bad reviews or mixed reviews, maybe it got pulled because it wasn't pulled that on artistic great. grounds. Yep, it's just got a fine <laughs> taste in China. Uh, one of the film's producers said, "I'm confounding. Uh, we went through. Uh, sorry, I'm confounded. We went through all the proper uh, the proper approvals. Uh, yeah, doesn't really seem like anyone uh, know, knows why this happened. Anyway, let's move on to the next film." The Great Wall from 2016 is a tw- is a science fantasy action monster film directed by Zhang Yimou with a screenplay. Uh, never mind. Well, Tony Gilroy um, co-wrote the screenplay, and he is the guy who like wrote all of the Bourne films. Edward Zwick, okay. <laughs> who directed like The Last Samurai and a bunch of shit, co-wrote the story. Um, as did Mel Brooks's son. Uh, an American and Chinese co-production. I think this one is pretty uh, much Chinese propaganda from what I've heard. Um, anyway, it stars Matt Damon. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. The plot centers <laughs> around a European mercenary warrior, Matt Damon, imprisoned by Imperial Chinese forces within the Great Wall of China after arriving in search of gunpowder, eventually joining forces with the Chinese to help combat an alien threat. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. Though the plot received some bitter criticism, <laughs> others are just bitter. Those those bitch ass motherfuckers are just bitter. They don't want to see <laughs> everyone hates a critic. They don't want to see Zhang Yimou and Matt Damon winning. They don't want to see Amer- America <laughs> and China get together to combat the alien threat. Um, but the plot received some bitter criticism. Others praised them for its action sequences. Although it grossed 335 million worldwide, the film was still considered a box office bomb due to its high production and marketing costs, with losses as high as uh, 75 million dollars. And um, Willem Dafoe is also in that. I will say, yeah, there's definitely some directors there that know how to make incredible action sequences. Mm. Uh, Wolf, the Wolf Warrior series and the Battle at Changjin Lake were both. Like incredible fight scenes, like both in in the literal sense of like some just true that that tank battle I mentioned. Uh, they the two tanks it, it ends because the two tanks like fire at each other, and the good guy's tank shell knocks the other tank shell out of the way, and then blows up the bad guy tank. It's, it's just <laughs> shooting it out of the air. Beautiful. I'll have to watch the Wolf Warrior films. This is quite interesting. Simon Abrams, a contributor for RogerEbert.com, gave The Great Wall three stars out of four, summarizing The Great Wall is unlike any American blockbuster you've seen. A conservative movie with action set pieces that are actually inventive and thrilling enough to be worthwhile. See it on a, as big a screen as you can. So. He was like, actually, this is good right-wing art. 
this like <laughs> this China propaganda. <laughs> That's such a chaotic take to have on a Chinese propaganda film. I almost respect it. <laughs> <laughs> Ebert did have some wild ones, didn't he? Oh uh, yeah, that was uh, one of his apprentices, though not uh, not Ebert himself. Oh, he was okay. uh, no, I think he, Ebert was still alive at this. No, he wasn't. He was dead. This was 2016, uh, and then finally you have the Flowers of War, which. I believe, unless this was also about the Great Wall, I heard about this one um, via Michael and us, because Will Sloan mentioned on that, that American critics kind of um, gave this film a load of shit because it stars Christian Bale and it's a movie about like the uh, the, the Nanking Massacre uh, in 1937 during the Second yeah. Sino-Japanese War. Um, and people were like, oh, it's a typical white saviour narrative centering this, uh, this this white American. Uh, why does this not, uh, you know, uh, tell this, uh, the story of the experiences of Chinese people? They didn't seem to realise that this <laughs> <laughs> it's a Chinese propaganda <laughs> film funded by the Chinese state, which they had cast right. a, a, a Western actor in in order to, you know, give it a, some international, <laughs> like some international pull. Um, Christian yeah. Bale as John Miller. Um, so that's quite that's quite funny, I think, just of like an example of like liberal critics completely missing the point of something. Right. And and missing the conditions on the ground, because, I mean, I don't know tons about the Nanjing massacre. I know a little. I know that... Uh, it's generally called the Rape fact, of Nanjing, lot... isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, like, the reason why that they might have made a white savior story is because the Japanese themselves were, you know, pretty fucking racist when they invaded there. And they largely left the white people alone. And so the mm. white people had a lot of opportunities to protect Chinese people that way. Uh, Just right. like, I mean, it's a bit like making a Holocaust film about a Gentile family hiding Jews and saying it's some kind of Gentile savior complex. Yeah, I think I, it didn't Terry yeah. Gilliam actually say that about uh, Spielberg <laughs> doing Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah, famous <laughs> Jewish entertainer uh, Terry Gilliam, like uh, Gentile splaining <laughs> to Spielberg. <I'd... laughs> um, explaining. Yeah, that's it. That's 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 the. <laughs> expression um yeah no i think it's an it's an interesting phenomenon though the last 10 years or so there's been all these like basically chinese films maybe with a bit of money from other countries involved um where they cast like a big hollywood tentpole actor like matt damon or christian bale or nicholas cage uh and oh yeah yeah uh you know (laughs) to, to to try and almost like pass it off as like just a film not not a kind of yeah. Chinese specialist film that people who like Chinese films will watch, but hey, it's a film. It's got Nicolas Cage in, just like all the other quality Nicolas Cage films that come out 10 a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. China does try to is trying to break into that U.S. market. Um, I don't know how much luck they're really having, given I haven't really heard of those films. No. But... Well, American yeah. directors have certainly broken into the Chinese market. Michael Bay, in a massive way. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, Disney sells lots of movies there. Yeah. Well, Bay gives his shit a full, like, uh, Zero Dark Thirty treatment, doesn't he? he? He gives it to the party. He says, you know, look it over. <laughs> See what you like, what you don't like. <laughs> Does he? Uh, I, I'm I'm fairly sure, yeah. I think people have, like, said... Well, isn't one of, like, the Transformer movies, doesn't it, like, turn midway through into, like, an advertorial for the Chinese military? <laughs> <laughs> i i need to check that yeah, out yeah well yeah time to catch on check, catch I, i'm suddenly bay. sold on transformers yeah. <laughs> i think we said before yes. like michael bay uh, in in american politics yeah i think he may uh lean to the right but i think he's he sort of like it, you know appreciates military might and that kind of thing so that's why maybe why he uh he lean, you know, he's so willing to work yeah. military and economic might, and that's why he's so willing to work with uh, Ch- the Chinese. Well, of course, I mean, uh, right wingers, they don't have any understanding of material analysis, so they don't understand why Chinese nationalism would be at all different from American nationalism. So they can just be like, "Ooh, tanks! I love tanks." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Michael Bay definitely. I'm a like tanky, that. right? Because I like tanks. Yeah, tanks are great. <laughs> yeah, well, Michael Bay is, you know, he's like the guy who said, "I, I wanted the, the, I wanted the scale to be huge in terms of 
how big it was. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's not a super bright man, and he's not very political. Yeah, I don't he's think. got he, more money than either of us. I, mean, I know that's not how you measure brightness. He's a capitalist. He's a hustler. Because he's born in a capitalist society, and yeah, he's he's the default. You know. He's, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he really thinks about it too deeply. I mean, yeah. <laughs>